0: talking, and I'm not, and I'm just, <laughs> <sighs> 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 and then I'm through, match, <laughs> no, <laughs> wait,
1: wait, I have something for him, boom, shut down, now you just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids, the Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast, <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, FYI, there's nothing wrong with my
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History e Tales Podcast. I'm your host Moses Soria. With me to my left is my EDM (laughs) remix loving brother Josh.
1: Hey sexies. I thought Mm. thought it was Lil Jon. To my right of me is Archie. It's me. Today we're going to continue with part two. Shaking my head. Of our Bell
0: Witch series. Yes we are. Part two. It seems a lot of people enjoyed part one. I fucking enjoyed part one. So, without wasting anybody's time, let's just jump right in. Too late. It's part 2 of our Bill Witch series. So, last week, we left off with one of the bell children, John Jr., having a back and forth with the witch. Having just found out the witch was the spirit of someone who was once happy and who has been disturbed, he wanted to continue in Pride the witch for more info. But it was not heard again, at least for the rest of the night. And this actually gave the bells and everyone present Hope that now the witch could precisely let them know what they need to do to put it to rest. Boy, were they wrong. So even with the spirit not having found its voice, its torments on Betsy were about to go to another level. As now the spirit attacked her verbally as well as
1: physically. That's the worst, man. She's already getting dragged. Getting no, she's going to take combo. Combo, she, combo she, breaks. Yeah, all. Really. <laughs> combo <laughs> breaker. Now, she, now she's going to get dragged physically. And verbally. Yeah. Getting beaten and getting shit at the same time. Damn. So, I've been there. I've been there. It's like, it's like bitch, it's I'm the worst it,
2: feeling. Because she wasn't crying. No, she wasn't.
1: She wasn't crying. Remember, she did yeah. not want to give the fucking
0: whatever it was Yeah, any satisfaction. Cause cause like, the demon's I'm not gonna like, gonna cry. Like, so, Thenny Thorne was one of Betsy's best friends and was keen on sleeping with Betsy during this time, as the witch never bothered her. But Richard thinks... It was because she didn't know when to shut the fuck up. Oh. <laughs> and he was always talking. She would not shut up about and She was just always talking. And everyone found her annoying. Well, on this specific occasion, Fanny had a four-leaf clover that she had forgotten about in her dress's pocket. She had heard that four-leaf clovers could make a witch visible. So she grabbed one to give to Betsy and stuffed it in her dress. The same dress that she was wearing on this occasion. The witch was aware of it, even though Betsy had completely forgotten that she had it on this dress and she told Betsy that she was going to pay for it. Betsy suddenly fell back on her bed. Both her feet were raised, and her shoes were suddenly thrown off her, as well as the clips on her hair. And moving forward, these two things were now added to the spirit's repertoire, and then for good measure, Betsy was again getting slapped in the face. But this time, an unseen hand was clapped over her mouth, so she could only breathe through her nose. How many hands does this fucking demon have?
1: Sounds like a good time. I don't know. No. no all right. <laughs> so while all this was going on. What is that called? Fucking. A good time. <laughs> a
0: great time. A fun time. It's kind of a good time. Nasty time. So while all this was going on, Richard was still teaching poor Betsy. Or at least when she did come to school. When she wasn't too tired or too sore to attend.
1: <laughs> too imagine,
0: sore, huh? Imagine being the teacher. But you not knowing about any of this crap. And
2: you constantly see so her just fucking just in the speed out. Shit. She bruises <laughs> in her face. <laughs> and then because Because back in that day, fucking get getting hit, getting smacked on or whatever was a thing. was part of education. It's part of education. Hmm. Imagine getting done that
0: and then you're not listening and paying attention in
2: class, you get smacked with the
0: ruler. Wake Up. You get your ass beat at home because of the witch, <laughs> and then you go you go to school tired, wanting an education, and you get your ass beat because you couldn't sleep because of the witch. Horrible. Double beating. Horrible double mm-hmm. beating. So while the students did chores around the school, Richard would ask Betsy what everyone had been incessantly asking her. If there was anything that he could do that could make the spirit stop. She would always just look down and nod no. So through all this, John and Lucy tried their best to keep their two smallest children out of the way. Drew was the one who was scared the most when the spirit was up to its antics. John Jr., on the other hand, the oldest, he wasn't as scared, but was smart enough to figure out pretty early that he had virtually no power over this spirit. He saw everyone trying their best. He's like, dude, there's nothing that we could do. But he wasn't scared of it. And I'm going to find out. He, he never was. But John Jr., he did have a close friend named Frank Miles, who, bless his heart, was not as bright as John Jr. So Frank Miles was literally... Literally the strongest man in all of Red River. Measuring at about 6'2 and weighing no less than 150 pounds, he was all muscle and Frank would be able to hoist a log as heavy as himself over his shoulder and carry it a quarter mile without setting it down once. He was so fucking strong that they said his jaws could crack a black walnut shell between his teeth. They got the mountain? They got the
1: mountain. Fuck. yeah! And like I mentioned earlier, a mini mountain. It was a hill. Okay. <laughs> it. was, I'll take, I'll it was take. a steep hill. It was a very <laughs> steep hill. You know what it
2: is? Those fucking speed bumps. They're Whoa. over here. Those I are deadly. I hate those, man. The, 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 the pointy ones? ones? The spiked ones? The, the ones, ones that they have around the, the, yes. the dimensions. Why are, are they
1: spiked?
2: Squirt? Bro, I took my Miata over that shit for the first time. And
1: you scraped your whole car. You, t- you just busted a you and just laughed, huh? Bro, those... Why... All
0: right, anyway like I mentioned <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, Frank wasn't the brightest kid. He really wasn't. And his answer to everything was powering through full force. I like this guy. So then he would just say, Why don't you just fuck up the witch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Richard thought Frank was a bit of a show off and thought very poorly of his vocabulary as he would curse like a motherfucker. He would always be apologizing, as he would always swear up a storm, especially around the ladies and around elders. But he was known to have a good
1: heart. I like this guy. He's a kind guy. You're gonna love this guy. Mm. Sounds like
0: you. He loves drama. Sounds like you. Frank not only saw himself as John Junior's best friend, but also as Betsy's older brother. And as soon as he found out about Betsy and the spirits attack on her. He stormed to the bell's house with the soul intent of wrestling the creature to death. Hold you. Why don't he just fuck it up. The way they he literally Where is it? <laughs> they there was a knock on the door. They opened the door and it was Frank and he walked in. He's just like, Where is it?
1: Nah. <laughs> he was uh, banging up three bottles like the Warriors. Warriors Come on. We... Not. not all right. Fuck me. <laughs> right. Fuck me sideways, huh? But just
0: as soon as Frank entered the bell household the spirit mockingly spoke i was
1: wondering when this great pumpkin would rush to poor betsy's aid see now i have to get in character (laughs) that's something that we try to avoid here show yourself coward and i will punch you back into perdition (laughs) He
0: wasn't scared of the fucking voice. The voice just creeped out of nowhere. He's like, "Show yourself, coward, punk-ass bitch." But Betsy begged Frank to stop because she knew all too well <laughs> <laughs> that it was her who was going to pay. He's like, for any like shut, any up, this. "Shut up, shut up, shut up, stupid! Shut, up, shut you're up. up! You're not the one getting fucked
1: up. I'm gonna get fucked up." But his, his response to her was, "If it can hit you, <laughs> then I can hit it." <laughs> I like this guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love this guy. I I, I love this guy. I'm going to change my name, Frank Miles. But the witch responded. You think
0: so? The voice responded so curiously to Frank that immediately after, Betsy's head spun sideways from an invisible blow to her face. (laughs) Frank immediately leapt across the room and threw himself in front of Betsy as to try and subdue the spirit. The spirit laughed and then pushed (laughs) Betsy onto him.
1: A moment later, one of the chairs in the room started to move. Oh, it turned into a fucking wrestling match. Hell yeah. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Here I am. And again, Frank rushed. Again, finding nothing
0: but air and breaking one of the chairs' legs. Anybody at this point would have realized the sick game the spirit was playing. But not Frank. (laughs) Frank was not giving up. He's determined. I'm coming for you. He's determined. Throwing himself around the room after the voice until even he was beginning to tire. On another night, he volunteers (laughs) to stay outside of Betsy's room in the hall. So they placed a bed for him and called it a night. And right on cue around midnight, his cover started creeping to the foot of the bed. But being determined, Frank wrapped his hands I around their tops. I knew it. And tugged it with all
2: his strength. I knew someone was going to freaking flex.
0: When everyone came sheets. out to see what the commotion was all about, they found him on the floor, clutching the badly ripped covers <laughs> as his bed was turned on its side. He didn't let go. The, the spirit knew, didn't snatch won. it. He won. The
2: spirit, <laughs> the spirit, the spirit, that's the one. The spirit's like... But I dropped you. I didn't let go. I didn't let go of the sheets.
0: <laughs> so Frank, not being one to be easily discouraged, thought of a hell of a plan. Oh, shit. On this occasion, mm. Frank brought with him a small sack of flour. Mm, I see where he's going with this. When the spirit began talking, he would throw a handful of the powder into the place where the force was coming from, hoping Did to it reveal its shape. But old Kate was baiting Frank the whole time and providing Frank with targets for its own amusement. That is until Lucy got fucking tired of him covering Betsy's entire room in flour and snatched the sack sack from Frank. So Frank was at Betsy's room, and the spirit's like, I'm over here, and he would throw the powder over there. No, I'm over here, and he would throw it over there to the point where the whole room was covered in flour. The the witch was just fucking with Frank, and Lucy, Betsy's mom, just came and snatched the flour. Man, give me that shit. Stupid-ass idea. Everyone in there was like, oh, man. (laughs) Eventually, John Jr. was able to convince Frank to chill and just behave himself. And he did, even though he didn't like it. So it was almost immediately after Frank's encounters with the spirit that John Jr. announced he was leaving to North Carolina to represent the family in the settling of an estate on the Bell's family side. Everyone debated whether or not it was a good idea for John to be leaving because for one the road back to the the road back to the Appalachians were littered with road robbers and native americans also if he would leave now spring would be practically over by the time he got back which meant that his father john bell would be without his help around the farm for a long extended time but john argued that it was actually better for him to leave now as it was better to leave now and miss spring than leave and miss the busy summer plus the settling of the estate demanded a representative and finally he said that he wasn't really helping out with the whole spirit thing, and they could much rather have somebody else use his bed who could be more of a help. But just then, that the now familiar feminine voice spoke up from the center of the room. Stay here, brother
2: John. If you go, we'll have made a long, hard journey for nothing.
0: And for the first time The words spoken by the witch were no longer breathy, but full of voice, just as powerful as
1: anyone else in the group. And why is that? Because the state is entangled in legal
2: difficulties and challenges. It will not be settled this year. You will spend much to travel and arrive back home with less in your pocket than when you left. How can you know this?
1: Oh, I know. You know nothing but how to torture this family. You're unwanted and your words cannot be trusted. I have never lied to you. You have hardly ever spoken to me since I have no desire to speak with you.
0: Oh. So the witch was like, don't go. You're not going to figure nothing out. And Take John's, that bitch. I was like, go fuck yourself. I'm going anyway. So he did. The following day on March 29th, John Jr. set out on his journey. He said, I'm out. And he did eventually return back, less than six months later, empty-handed, as the estate was tangled in lawsuits. But because of the spirit's feminine voice, because it now had a playful side, many who ended up visiting the bell house often found themselves just chilling around watching the witch. Mainly Bennett Porter and John Johnston, who would even gossip with the fucking thing and laugh when it would make smart-ass remarks. (laughs) Even Richard found himself lowering his guard around the spirit. But not everyone was as fond of the spirit as Mr. Bennett or Mr. Johnson. Betsy and the others who had felt the spirit's wrath knew better than to make such a mistake. But it seemed that the spirit grew in articulation and charm. It seemed to be drawing power from Betsy.
2: Imagine, that's how she gets her power.
0: I wouldn't mind that. I will be slapping everyone. So on, the, so on the night that John Jr. left for North Carolina, Betsy experienced what would become her fits. This was to happen going forward right before the spirit's arrival. Betsy would faint, and at first she would be carried up to her bed, but later was allowed to lie comfortably on the floor where she had fallen as the group noticed that the more the group intervened during these fits of hers, the more violent and longer they lasted. So once she was down, she would begin to take deep breaths and high, panting gasps. She would say that she felt she was being squeezed and would eventually pass out from the lack of air. Once knocked out cold, her eyes would roll back into her head and her pulse was barely noticeable. But after a few minutes, she would come to only to do it all over again. But while she was awake, her eyes would grow huge with fear. And she would roll from side to side and still appear to be struggling under the weight of something large and invisible. After a few weeks, the group started to realize that she wouldn't die from these fits. They never lasted less than 20 minutes, but never more than 40. But no matter how hard she would struggle and how hard she would cry from the lack of oxygen. 10 minutes after waking up from these fits, and she would be back to normal and in perfect health, but it was after these fits when the witch would appear, but never before or during the fit. And this is when people started talking about Betsy and Kate being one and the same. On April 3rd of 1819, after remembering the success John Jr. had with his question of who are you, Rev Shug asked it again, and once again the reply came, But this time, much stronger. I am the spirit of someone who
2: was
1: once happy and who has been disturbed. In what way were you disturbed and what makes you unhappy now? I am the spirit of a person who was killed
2: close to your and My grave has been disturbed, my bones have been dug up and scattered, one of my teeth was lost under this very
0: house, and I am here to recover it. So Red River was a place used as a hunting ground, good job Achi, by both the Chickasaw and the Cherokee. Although neither nation could hold control over it for long, and the proof of this was the mounds they left behind where they buried the dead. And one of the mounds was found at the Bell property when the land was being cleared for crops. These mounds were left alone and thought of as sacred. But truth be told, this had more to do with the fact that bones, pottery, and arrowheads were were the only things ever would, that, you could, that you would find inside of these mounds. Unless less to do with respecting them as being sacred. But it was one of these mounds where the spirit claimed to have been disturbed from. Jewelry Bell told one of his friends about a mound found by his house. And boys being boys, they opened the grave and scattered around the various bones during this specific visit. And during this specific visit, a jawbone separated from one of these skulls and the, bulls ca- and the boys carried it back to the Bell house. Okay. Talking about how disappointed they were in not having found any treasure, the friend tossed the jawbone against a wall, with one of the teeth coming loose from its socket and dropping into a hole on the floorboard. John Bell entered the room at this exact moment and yelled at the boys for what they had done. He sent the jaw back with one of his servants to try and restore the mound as much as possible to its original condition. So the entire family and several of the neighbors were aware of this incident and after a few seconds of them just looking at one another, they all ran into the hallway and there in the floor was the hole. With John deciding there was nothing to do except to fuck up his floorboard and those adjacent to it to find this missing tooth. After searching through the dirt and not having found the tooth, Reverend Fort said out loud,
2: THE WITCH HAS SPIRITED AWAY HERSELF
1: I DID NO SUCH THING BUT I DID LIE ABOUT BEING THAT (laughs) What the fuck? Is this a jokester? You got jokes So this psych motherfucker The witch started cackling
0: It started laughing And the Reverend Fort demanded
2: Why would you do that?
0: Why?
1: Why? To get old Jack, of course. And I didn't get you, Jack. Didn't I?
0: But John refused to dignify the question with an answer. But it was obvious it got him as the muscles of his jaw stood out. What did John Bell do to deserve your retribution? The spirit didn't respond and didn't say anything else the rest of the evening. But as they had already figured out, the spirit had intimate knowledge of what went on on the bell house, but now they knew that it was also aware of what was going on in the neighborhood, even from years before it made itself known. But Richard was still inclined, even through everything he'd seen, to believe in a natural, in a natural explanation rather than a supernatural one. A few days later, early in the morning, Richard was awakened by a knock on his door. It was John Bell, and he had this look on his face like he had just seen a ghost. His hair was a mess,
1: and his shirt was unbuttoned. Oh, did you attend services at either Drake's Pond or Berthold Methodist yesterday? Can you remember in any detail the Bible passages read, the sermon, or the hymns? Richard provided everything he had asked for,
0: and, on the, look, and the look on John's face remained amazed and in disbelief. Richard asked John if any of this had to do with what was going on in in his
1: house. It does. Last night, both reverends, Sugford and Thomas Gunn paid a visit. We were having dinner when the witch interrupted us in the middle of discussing passages, asking Gunn to repeat what he said early in the day, as the sermon had a lot to do with the passage they were discussing. Thomas then asking the witch how did it know what he had preached. Because I was there and I heard it all. You're lying again.
0: Am I? The witch's voice then moved from near the end of the hallway all the way up to their altar. And with a voice resembling Reverend's gun, it began to recite the Bible passages of that day. It repeated every line in every hymn and preached the sermon word for word pronouncing the closing prayer all while in the voice of Reverend Gunn. Then everyone was like,
2: Reverend Gunn, you're a witch.
1: And they burned them
2: at stakes. Yep. I can't tell you what old Chuck said as well.
1: And how can you do that?
0: Because I was there. And once again, it reproduced the Baptist service word for word. Including changing its voice to match Shug's. And then Osha was then also burned at the stake. After relating (laughs) all this to Richard, they were both in disbelief when Richard broke the
1: silence with some silver lining logic. Take heart in one fact, John. It revealed another aspect of itself to us since both services took place at 11, and since the churches are more than 10 miles apart from one another. At least we know it's not any of our neighbors. John just shook his head, finished what was left of his tea,
0: and went on his way. (laughs) That's funny. During harrowing times like war, famine, or pestilence, the urge for men and women to leave their parents and find their partners cannot be ignored. And this was the case for Red River. During this whole time, during the Bell Witch season, Almost every young girl between the age of 13 through 16 were attaching themselves to their would-be partners.
2: For example, Rebecca Porter devoted herself with James A. Long. Uh, Thernie Thorne, Betsy's BFF.
0: Even she found someone. She found someone. <laughs>
2: He's probably deaf. Was being courted by Dave Alexander. Deaf. Uh, James Darden and Lucy Carr. Sarah Battlefort and Joseph Wimberly and Tenth Webb and miles
0: gunn amongst the group of would-be husband and wife was betsy and her relationship with joshua Gardner was seen as the handsomest couple and the most clever of the group everyone was married by 1821 except for these two and this was not by their choice as the witch had different plans for betsy so by the spring of 1819 Joshua and Betsy had been seeing each other for the better part of two years, and this drove Richard sick, our narrator. After all, he had fallen madly in love with the young Betsy by this point. And in the manuscript, he talks about why he fell in love with her, but we're keeping all the pedophilia vibes to a minimum. So we're just skipping all that. Thank you. But he concluded and convinced himself that after all, he was just too old for her and was her teacher after all double no no so with richard being the single bachelor that he was he was saving up money from his teachings as much as he could and part of his and part of the savings plan was to grow his own food so one afternoon after dismissing his class early he went to work with his horse on his 2 acres of land he already ploughed for corn when out of nowhere The witch's feminine voice spoke his name, stopping Richard and making him whirl in a few circles, trying to find the source of the voice. Richard could see for hundreds of yards in every direction and was turning his head from side to side when he was suddenly hit in the face. He described the pain the same as being hit with a wooden 2x4. Betsy and Joshua
2: will soon announce their engagement. You must act before it happens. And
0: why should I do that? Because you love Betsy Bell. That is none of your business. So right now, Richard, he's just trying to ignore her, was getting ready to get on top of his horse when the witch's voice got closer. Oh, it's not? I can't make it my business, but if you
2: don't do anything, I will make their engagement my business.
1: Why are you so intent on denying Betsy? Betsy happiness
2: now that is my business
1: you profess to know all including the future do I you certainly made the prediction concerning John jr. and the family settlement
2: true and what of
1: it if I were to step in and press my suit would I succeed with Betsy most assuredly and what proof can you offer me I offer
2: you nothing except the promise that I will not beat you senseless if you do what I ask of you.
1: I have no fear of you. You offer nothing and I will do nothing. So the bell witch was getting ready to whip Richard's
0: ass. She's like, yo, you want me to promise you something? I promise I will not beat your ass right here, right now if you do this for me. And he didn't want to do it. So then in early June... A large part of Red River, who had been assisting the Bell family with the hauntings, were gathered on the Bell Front lawn for a picnic. Richard, on the other hand, used this time to tend to his crops and couldn't attend, but it was because he knew the announcement that was about to be made at the picnic. So during a little quiet time during the picnic, while everyone was just eating and not chit-chatting, Joshua Garner stood up and asked for everyone's attention. But before he could say even a single word, the familiar voice of the bell witch interrupted it is a noble desire he wishes
2: to marry betsy bell and take her away from my presence he thinks she can escape and her sister esther did but esther and betsy are different what he does not understand is that i can follow betsy everywhere i can circle the world and be back here under Please don't marry him, Betsy Bell. Don't marry Joshua Gardner.
0: In front of everybody, this invisible voice came out and said, Don't
1: marry Joshua
0: Gardner. What do they say, like in a wedding? Does anyone want to interject? Yeah. She interjected. Shit shit out out of this. The witch is
1: like, I.
0: So Betsy. Fuck her up. So Betsy with a red face raced into the house, and Joshua followed after her. The next couple of days, everyone was hesitant to ask if they had made a decision on whether or not to wed, but they all realized that if she stayed quiet, there was no way for her words to offend the witch and no reason for the witch to retaliate. So for the next few weeks, the witch made numerous visits to the bell home, most often just before bedtime and right after one of Betsy's fits. It would report who had not been to church that Sunday. Who had fallen asleep during mass. Every person who took a little too much liquor. Everyone who just wasted time instead of going to church. What woman was a nagging shrew and what man beat his children. So the witch, when the, bitch, when the witch would show up, she was just gossiping about everybody at it the bellhouse. It was bell just house. pointing fingers. You're man. fucking up. You're fucking up. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Damn. And by this time, the news of this invisible, speaking, all-knowing, ghostly phenomenon at the Bell Farm has spread far and wide outside of just Red River. Uh Uh-oh. Every night, the Bell House was filled with many people hoping to witness, with their own eyes and ears, this new wonder of the world. So they became an amusement park. Kind of. They became kind of like an attraction. Damn. Sometimes the number of people visiting was so great, that not everyone could physically fit inside of the house, so they had to tent it out on the front lawn. And on every occasion, John Bell refused to take any money because he didn't want his family of being accused of making all of this up just to profit from it. Almost every visitor was polite and respectful. Almost. Uh So a man named Jenkins, who was coming from miles away, whose reputation of being a horrible dickhead was bad enough that many in Red River knew of him, of reputation alone? He was never one to hold his tongue. He was always trying to argue with anyone about anything at all times, and even interrupted a discussion that the wench was leading regarding a neighbor's property. Man, I don't think it's a sin. A man who
2: was starving because of gainful employ stole a piece of dried beef from the neighbor's smokehouse to stay alive? Where are you starving when, when you ate that sheep's skin?
0: The witch retaliated quick as shit. Oh. Jenkins stayed still and only blinked as if he had received one of the iconic slaps to the face that the witch would give Betsy. Jenkins behaved as if he had been dumbstruck. Just staring into the wall without moving until the witch departed. So after she responded to him, he just stayed ah! still, only blinking, facing the wall.
2: He turns to Pikachu. He shit himself.
0: Many eyes were locked on him. Ah! Not because they were concerned for him, but because the missing ship skin the witch mentioned was actually a mystery in the community for several years now. People have been wondering, who the fuck stole these Stole this sheepskin, and the witch just said it was Jenkins. The first chance he took to leave the home, he did and never returned. Hell yeah. So, the witch might have gained lim- lim- limitless power of the community if it had been willing to tell only truths. But one could tell that power was clearly not its purpose to haunting the Bell family, because every now and again, It would tell a lie, a lie designed to be found out. The main question in everybody's mind when speaking to the witch was, who or what are you? And up until the end of June 1819, the only answer had ever given when asked the same question was that it was a disturbed spirit made unhappy, but on this particular day, James Gunn said that the thing couldn't answer because it was because you probably didn't know what it was or how it was made. I know
2: exactly who I was, and I've been waiting for you to ask. You're one of the few who ask intelligent questions, and so you deserve an honest reply. I was one of the first white men to explore this region.
1: Were, were you killed here?
2: No. But I was killed. Indians killed me. Why did you return here? Because this place was among the most beautiful in my explorations. A place where I found peace. In fact, I had planned to return here before my life was cut short. The proof of this is that I buried treasure nearby. Almost all the money that I had.
1: Well, it is said that you can't take anything with you when you go. So why come back for it? I want to give the money to Betsy Bell. So James Johnston,
0: who was present almost all the time, spoke up and basically reprimanded the witch by saying that it was about time he gave Betsy a break and some recompense for all the suffering she had to deal with when Gunn crudely interrupted.
1: Where's the money? I will say nothing until my conditions are met. State them. We're all family here. Betsy Bell need have no fear that anyone would steal the money from her. First,
2: every note and coin must go to Betsy and Betsy alone. Second, three persons and three persons only must dig the money from the earth. They are to be jury Bell,
0: Bennett Porter, and Old Sugemel. So once all three men agreed, Jewelry wanted nothing to do with the witch since he got the worst of it after Betsy every night, but eventually came around to him. Bennett Porter was Betsy's uncle, and he was one of the few who would always laugh at the, rich, at the witch's remarks, and James had a lot of ill will towards the witch, but was never afraid of it. The witch then, the witch then gave them the location of the money. It was in a box on a large flat rock just beside a spring in the southwest corner of the Bell Ranch. So the three men set out early as fuck before the sun was out to their destination. Richard hadn't heard any of this until earlier in the day. So around noon, he headed over to see how the guys were doing. They were five hours into their digging and had only just managed to move the stone away. Richard then just started shitting on the whole idea. And hilariously so. He started by saying that how likely does it seem that one man, one of the first woodsmen out in the wilderness, would have had a reason to be carrying a large amount of money. Why? Like, why? He was like, why would this dude be carrying all this? There's nothing out here. What's he going to buy? Why is he carrying all this shit? He's like, secondly, it's taking three strong men with good tools, five fucking hours just to move this rock. How could an explorer with likely nothing more than a knife and an axe be able to move it? And they're like, jewelry, and then they're just looking up, looking at each other like, uh. And lastly, he was like, why didn't the spirit just bring back to the money? Or at the very least, just move the damn fucking rock for you. Because it was strong enough to tear, you know, the bedclothes out of the grip of Frank. True. They all stared at Richard. For a while. And agreed with every one of his points. Like you know what. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah I think you're right. I yeah. you think we're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. But they said that they come this far. So they might as well just see it through. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 do, I spent five hours. this bullshit. I'm going to see it through.
0: So a few moments later. They found leaves and sticks in the dirt. Beneath the stone. Where the treasure should have been. Oh, hmm. Suggesting that I had indeed been recently moved Richard decided to take his leave once the three men decided that the box might be buried beneath some death so they're like no no, no, it's probably underneath this Richard's like you know what I'm out so later that evening Richard stopped by to see how things went the man explained to the family how they had scraped and dug until a hole about six feet on all sides Was dug and no box had been found. The witch suddenly appeared and started relating all the things the guys had said while they were out digging and poked fun at the group, especially old Sugarmouth, as he had stood in the shade of a nearby tree and encouraged the younger men from a distance. So while they were, so the witch is like, yeah, they didn't do shit, they were just crying the whole time. They put Sugarmouth over here, he just stood by the trees like, no, 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 you guys got it. You guys got it.
1: And this is when James Gunn stood up. You told me last night that I deserved an honest reply from you. You lied.
0: But at least I did not make you pay for my lie like old Sugarmouth did. So the next couple of days, the witch started to try and create some chaos. It told John Johnston that it was a witch conjured up by his own stepmother. A few days later, it told Calvin Johnston, John's nephew, that it was the spirit of a three-year-old boy who had died in North Carolina and had been left behind when his family moved to Red River. But soon after, the witch took back both of these lies, and laughed at the group while it did so. Reverend James, on the other hand, never relented in posing his questions, Who are you? And what do you want? And on July 11th, the spirit answered him. You are a good man, Brother Gunn,
2: and therefore I won't lie to you. I am Kate
0: Batts Witch. She says she is Kate Batts Witch. Uh Uh-oh. This made everyone in the
1: room gasp. (gasps) (gasps) Exactly, just exactly like that. She said, what? But Jim just shook his head. When you spoke about the money buried under the rock, you told me that was an honest reply. Why should I believe you now?
2: Because I'm tired of lying, and you deserve the truth more than any other man in this room. I am Old Kate Bat's witch for certain. It was she, dancing around in a pentagram, who conjured me here. For what purpose? Why? To torment my enemy, John Bell. To torment him to
0: death. So there's the reason why the Bell Witch is here.
1: So Kate was lying.
0: To kill John
1: Bell. Dun dun dun.
0: And continuing her chaos. During a wedding in August 1819. The witch dropped a bomb on the group. Old Kate told the group of the number of her personalities. She said according to her she was really a family of spirits that had come to plague the bell family and she offered up the four characters with with the singular names of black dog sepography jerusalem and mathematics sepography took credit for the jokes and gossip gathering and spoke in a high very feminine tone Jerusalem sounded like a boy before his voice changed, and he was the one who most often protested that he spoke the truth. Mathematics also had a feminine voice and came out when logic and religion were being discussed, and you could you guys could probably tell who Black Dog was. Sometimes all four voices would alternate with each other in what appeared to be a drunken ghost fight with one another. So the beginning of September, when the summer school had ended, Richard had gone down to the river to do some fishing, and while he was there, he saw Lucy down by the river, Betsy's mother, and asked if he would walk with her for a little bit. They chit chatted for a while, when she mentioned that he had, she had a small talk with Betsy. Betsy had asked if anybody in her or her father or her father's family had a history or had done something really terrible. She was asking because she heard the preachers talking about that some men and women can commit terrible sins and their families can be punished for generations afterwards but after relating the story to richard lucy
1: stopped walking and faced richard i have been thinking that this may soon drive her mad i know that witch says it can follow anyone to the ends of the earth but it also lied many times these nightly spells are driving betsy crazy do you think it is worth the risk to remove her from this place.
2: Are you thinking to send her back to your relatives in North Carolina?
1: No. I was thinking that you could take her away. You are learned and capable of making a living anywhere. Perhaps this thing cannot exist in a city. Even if it found you two there. We could have Rev Fort or Rev Gunn marry you secretly. You could take Betsy away without telling anyone of your destination. Not even me.
2: And if the creature made good its boasts and did find us, what then?
1: then you return here, at least it has not spoken out against you as it has with Josh Gardner. Richard, during the manuscript right during this part of the manuscript, described that his
0: heart leaped from his chest when Lucy brought up this proposition, both from the idea of marrying a young woman that he loved and to fate and the fact of him being able to save her.
2: If Betsy Fitz become worse or if she begins to act as if she truly is losing her mind, I will marry her and take her away. There is only one other requirement. She must be content with the idea of marriage to me. And she must at least feel at ease with this union.
0: So Richard, he wasn't a complete dick. He wasn't going to take advantage of the situation and be like, yeah, yeah, let's do it right now. Yes. He re- he realized that he was kind of older he realized that, like she, she, yeah. she, she's in love with this dude. She's in love with Joshua, or whatever. Look, I'll do it. I'll help you out, only if Betsy is going crazy, only if it does seem is like getting worse, and only if she's okay with the idea of marrying me. He he literally told her, she doesn't have to love me back. I don't expect her to ever love me back. I just want her to be okay with the situation. Right. And Lucy agreed back in Red River, everyone was still talking about the spirit identifying itself as Old Kate witch, and now the community was satisfied of at least now knowing that they had the the origin and its purpose. But the one person who did not relent on badgering the spirit was John Johnston. His constant visits to the Bell Farm were for two specific reasons. For two specific reasons. The first was to keep the spirit busy and keep the witch from assaulting the bell, specifically Betsy. And the second was to keep the witch talking in hopes of revealing tidbits of itself. So one evening, Mr. Johnson had the chance
1: to have the spirit all to himself, and he hopped on the opportunity. I want to thank you, Kate, for being so kind to me and teaching me so many things. That is all right, John. You're kind to me and deserve
2: the same in return.
1: I am gratified, but there's one thing you have not told me, nor anyone else. What is your nature?
2: Ah, that I cannot tell you. At least, not yet anyways. When, then? When I am ready to leave this place. And when will that be? I just said I can't tell you precisely either. All you can know is that I will not leave until old John Bell dies.
1: Surely you do mean that you will kill him?
2: That's exactly what I mean.
1: But what reason could you have for such a terrible deed? My own reason. Has he committed a sin so horrible that he should deserve murder? Let's just say I dislike him just enough to kill him. Do you not know, Kate, that John Bell is one of the most respectful, well-liked men in all of this land? I do. And that's why he needs killing. But if you do kill old Bell and give us no reason than that, then we will all think very hard of you. And the law will see that you are hanged for murder without cause. All
2: right, look here, stupid. If Frank Miles cannot catch me with all his strength, what luck do you have? if not only capture me, but keeping me still long enough
0: to tie a noose around me. Yeah, you're right. So that's the conversation that, that they were having. And it's getting to the point where the witch is starting to have witty conversations. She's going back and forth with them. Like, she's playing. Like you you can could, you could see. You, you see that she's playing with them and she's enjoying it. She likes the back and forth. She's talking long enough that you ain't getting slapped. And that's exactly what John, I'm John Johnston wants. Remember, he's, he's, he was on the for two specific reasons. One, to find out as much as he possibly can, but the main reason was to try to keep Betsy and the Bell family safe. So the day after, John Bell was struck with another one of his attacks, the same as the one he had experienced earlier when he first visited James Byrne, his lawyer. John then told the group that he had experienced these fits more regularly since that first time but didn't want to bother anyone with his ailment as everyone was still concentrated on the witch and to keep Betsy safe. Plus John Bell looking at the situation as a class half fool type of way, he noticed an immediate and miraculous effect. The stronger and more frequent his fits were, the less frequent and less physical Betsy's were, and within a month, her fits disappeared, never to return. So over a period of months from September 1819 to January 1820, John Bell developed a twitching and rippling of the muscles in his cheeks, jaws, and neck. These lasted sometimes all day, and sometimes he would not experience these ailments, although they never lasted, this never lasted more than two to three days before they eventually came back. The witch then began telling everyone in the community, That he would not leave until it had seen the patriarch of the Bell family dead. Damn. Frank Miles, our our beloved Frank Miles, was told how the witch bragged about not even he could capture it. (laughs) He went to John and begged for him to leave Red River. That he didn't want to see him dead in the hands of the witch. When old Kate suddenly appeared. So
2: here is Frank Miles. Solomon of Red River, you don't need to waste your breath advising old John to run away. Have I not proved to you that I can
0: find anyone
2: and follow everyone to the end of this earth?"
0: It then struck Frank directly in his chest. Then it knocked him back several feet over a high-backed chair. It was a shriuken. Bro he's six foot two. 250 pounds. And she just slapped him over a high back chair. high back chair is one of those chairs that are at the end of those big tables. The ones
2: with the high backs. I just realized it was Frank. It's Frank Miles, dude. The steep hill. (laughs) The steep hill.
1: The steep hill.
2: You think you can avoid me? Then better make sure because if you try... And do so, I will prove to old John whether or not a person can escape. I just dropped freaking Frank. Come on now. Yeah,
0: so the witch threatened him. She's like, if you guys think you had escaped, drop me, motherfuckers. You better make sure you're able to do it. Or else, or else John Bell over here, he's going pr- to see it can't happen. And the very next morning, Frank hightailed it to Kentucky without telling anyone. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> About. But true to the words of the witch She found him And she thrashed him 20 miles outside of Red River She found him 20 miles outside of Red River And beat the living shit Out of Frank Like he did The little hill Word, no, he, he he didn't die Word got back to the bell house And this dashed Richard Hopes Of being able to run away with Betsy And keeping her safe Damn He's like fuck.
2: They got the fucking steep lump.
0: Hell, bro, steep, not a, steep lump. Lump. a lump. I mean, he got a shitload of lumps after the fucking. His ass kick. He kick. got loved. Got plopped. He got plopped. So when, <laughs> so, when it been, so when it became clear that that John's condition was not going away by itself, Doctor George Hobson was brought to the farm. Although Richard didn't think very much of the doctor, aside from him not being too skilled or experienced as a physician. Oh, what? <laughs> He also had many other side hustles that distracted him from even being proficient as a doctor. But him being the only doctor for miles, he was called in. Dr. Hobson's opinion was that it was a logical outcome of the quote-unquote creature. John's entire nervous system was aflame. And the physical manifestations of this had settled in his face. He prescribed avoiding quote-unquote the creature (laughs) as much as possible. Richard was then under the impression that the doctor thought that John Bell was an alcoholic and that the quote-unquote creature was what he called alcohol. So the whole time the doctor was there, he thought he was curing him for alcoholism. That's what he thought. he was. His jaws were j- He's like, dude, just keep him away from the creature. He was being sarcastic. Just keep him away from the creature and his condition will get better. I right, just just lay off the booze, alright? And he you know, he prescribed him a little medication or whatever the main thing was just to stay away from this creature. But John did take the medication. And then he died. And John got a little better. Oh
2: shit. Sure. Hmm. Alright, alright.
0: But his fits only got worse as time passed by. Damn. So for many months, the entire community had become dependent on the witch's weather predictions, which were always twice as accurate as accurate as any Almanac. In May, the skies cleared. Betsy, Richard Williams, and Becky decided to go for a ride to take advantage of the weather. As they were saddling their horses, the witch came into the barn and told that they had better not go as a violent storm was coming up from the north. The three just chose to ignore her and went on their way. When they reached the river, however, they realized that it was still quite full. So they stopped to discuss their options. And as the three debated, a windstorm swept up from the north and the huge, large trees began swaying. And these are huge oak trees. These ain't little trees. These are thick oak trees. And the wind was swaying them back and forth, back and forth. Branches were being torn off the trees and being carried high up into the sky. Richard then said that they should stay put. In between these trees for shelter, or else they'd be blown off their horses if they tried to ride back home. Achi, the witch, and you read Achi's parts.
2: You're wrong, boy. If you stay here, you'll be crushed. These trees won't bend to get to the other side of the river now. But it's too high!
0: We'll drown! You won't. Go. Despite the witch's directions, the three said fuck it and decided to try and go back home. You little fool! Hold tight to the reins
2: of the horses, but don't say or do anything to the horses.
0: So without direction from the riders, the horses turned as one and moved with speed down the bank fearlessly through the rising rivers, as if they themselves were being controlled. And they didn't stop until they reached a sheltering pile of large boulders, where Betsy, Becky, Richard, and the horses could hide and wait out the storm. After the storm subsided on the way home, they noticed that all the trees in their route had been uprooted and large boulders had been hurled onto their path. There was no doubt in everyone's mind that none of them would have survived had it not been for the witch's intervention. So the witches... Saved you. The next month, a party of young people decided to explore the cave that the Bell family used for storing. Many of the farms in Red River had their very own cave, but this one was considerably larger than the rest of them, rising slowly and running back from its mouth at least 500 feet. So the cave was one of the caves that went underground, right? From the from the, from the mouth where it opened to where the cave started, that slope was 500 feet. Just fi- that's how big the fucking cave was. And during the winter and spring, it was impossible to enter as the snow melted and filled the mouth of water so when it was snowing obviously all the snow would fall in there and then when it was spring all the snow would melt so it just became just just water and in front of the cave was a favorite summer fishing and swimming place for the children they also brought their candles to explore deeper in the cave beyond the sunlight so on this particular day a boy named Johnny Yose joined the group he separated from the group and found a narrow passage and attempting to squeeze through, he dislodged a large amount of dirt around him, distinguishing his candle, causing him to cry out in sheer terror. And if that wasn't bad enough, as he was struggling and moving around, he loosened wet soil to cause more to collapse on him, with his torso being completely covered. With only him swaying his arms back and forth to remove the dirt from his face, so he was able to breathe. So the way they described it was, he moved into this little crevice, chest first. He wasn't standing up; he moved in, like if he was laying down, with his chest first. So he was literally float, like he walked in chest first. And when he was chest first, he lodged the dirt, and he was stuck. And dirt was falling on him. And the way he could and the way he stayed breathing was, he kept moving everything from his from his face. And he was screaming for help. Was he like sinking like quicksand or something? No, he wasn't sinking. Like, this is a cave. And yeah. he walked into the hole like this. Oh. Like side, like vertical. Right? Yeah. This is vertical? Horizontal. Yeah, he, he went to the, to the hole horizontally. And when he was halfway through, the dirt started caving in on him. So he got stuck. Oh. But the dirt kept falling on his torso. So uh-huh. he was choking. He was trying to scream. And the only way he could scream was by remo- removing the dirt as quickly as he can with his feet. I mean, with his hands. Yeah. But he had no light either. So, he was just screaming and shitting. That is fucking scary. So, Betsy begged for the group to stay quiet as she couldn't hear Johnny's cries anymore. When suddenly, old Kate appeared behind Betsy, lighting up the large room with a soft white light. What?
2: That's because he's buried. I'll fetch him out.
0: The ball of white light moved up one of the passages. And according to Johnny, a pair of very strong hands grabbed him by the ankles and yanked him backwards about 20 feet, with Betsy rushing
1: to Johnny. Thanks for saving me! It wasn't me. It wasn't. The witch.
2: But you better say nothing about it to your parents, nor anything to anyone about getting stuck, or none of us will ever be allowed to be in here again.
0: So Johnny made the promise, and he kept it. And he never told the soul. Damn, But he didn't have to. Because old Kate was proudly tooting her own horn at the bell house about how she had rescued poor wow. young Johnny. And if that wasn't bad enough, old Kate visited Johnny's home and asked his mom if she had gone all the mud out of Johnny's oh. ear. Letting the cat out of the bag there. Jeez. She loves drama. She loves drama. And these kind of acts had a purpose. They were all part of Old Kate's master plan. And Richard was seen right through Old Kate. And went to speak to Reverend Fort. Richard discussed that Old Kate had been doing all of these nice deeds. Around the city. And boasting about it to try and distance the community from John Bell. To have everyone question John Bell and wonder if his punishment had been justified for an evil deed that he may have done during his younger years. Basically to try and pit Christian men against one another. As that is the devil's favorite game. So Richard is like no 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 she's doing all of these nice things so everyone could be like. She's not that bad. She's actually helping us out. What if John Bell really is a dickhead? What if he really did do some fucked up shit? I mean, he was already kicked out of church. John, who? And that's what. And people started talking.
2: I know, calling him Jack and shit.
0: <laughs> that's an inside joke. No one knows exactly what we're talking about. But I fucked up, and for a lot of, for a lot of, a few times already. Instead of putting John Bell, I just put Jack. He did that on purpose, Jack- though so by the summer of 1820 word had spread far beyond the borders of red river concerning the bell witch which is what everyone outside of red river now called the spirit but fortunately for the bells the summer and fall of that year had been excellent for growing so that they had plenty of fruits and vegetables and fat cows and pigs to feed the hordes that made their way to the farm to help the nicer the witch became to the guests and members of the bell family the harsher it treated John. Usually this was done by the voice of the black dog. And it came out with such vitriol and intensity that everyone envisioned the black dog having a forked tongue. I mean sometimes this would sometimes this would be done at full voice in front of many witnesses. But more often it was done when John was found alone and on these occasions, John swore that the words were twice as scorching usually accompanied with pain in his face, arms, legs, and ass of pins pricking him. And for the first time in early June of 1820, John felt as if the witch was really capable of making good on a promise to kill him. So for many months, many different visitors had been recommending the services of a man who called himself Dr. Mize. He lived near Franklin, Kentucky. About a day's travel from Red River, which is where I think Frank Miles was heading to. Remember how Frank Miles, when he got his ass beat, he was heading to Kentucky, straight to Kentucky. Right. He would maybe maybe he was heading out to find this doctor, but he didn't make it. He's he got
1: his. Uh, he got his ass beat. He got his ass beat. Man.
0: So Home people. Hell, he got so, <laughs> so people bragged about, so people bragged about the doctor to the Bell's, about him being a wizard, a conjurer, magician, and a no, and a necromancer, but the John Bell. This was more in line with the witch, and then holy at the devil. But James Johnston convinced John Bell, under the guise of fighting fire with fire. So in secret, John agreed that Mr. Johnston and his son Drury were to make the trip in secrecy. No one outside of them could know of this. So at two in the morning, they set out to fetch the wizard. That same morning, the witch showed up to the bell house, gossiping and stuff, you know, the usual when suddenly in a surprised voice and asked why jewelry was not at the table. One after the other, the bells looked at each other, denied knowing anything about anything. You know, like, Drury, huh? He's gone,
1: what? Say what?
2: Jack who? That's not possible. If you all did know nothing, you'd be frantic at his absence, but by now, you're up to something against me. And I will find out soon enough. Oh, shit.
0: Did Did you so many in the group is up. So many in the group had suspected that outside of its ability to remain invisible, it had no other supernatural powers. John Bell could not believe that God would give a demon of Satan the ability to read the minds of man. So he concluded that since two out of the three men who knew this plan out of the house that it not being able to read his mind that it proved that it was not able to read their minds so he was like alright only it doesn't know where anything it doesn't know where anybody is only three of us know the other two are not here so if the spirit knew where Jewelry was it would have been known by now if it was able to read my mind because I'm still here right, so fine. he was kind of glad he was like alright cool she doesn't know
1: I'm good I'm good
0: when suddenly the witch gleefully appeared.
1: Aha, it's a trick.
2: I know it all. I found Drew and Old Sugarmouth about 20 miles north of here. I followed beside them for a while until I made my presence known in the form of a rabbit. When I jumped out in front of the carriage, I knew they were on their way to fetch Mr. Mize. Mr. Mize.
0: And the petitioning of Doctor Mize was actually a successful one. They did their job, and he agreed to come. As he did arrive to Red, as he did arrive to Red River ten days later, wearing a black frock coat—a frock coat. I have to look it up. It's that red, dead, Redemption coat. Kind of like it's not a trench coat, but it's like that cowboy long coat. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Black one. Oh. So he arrived wearing this black coat that was easily three times his size. As well with arcane paraphernalia, he promised he would be able to recite the exact incantation needed that had manifested her, and use holy rites to banish his demon back to the hell it crawled out from. Some were delighted in his arrival, but Richard and John were not as convinced. He was given the choice of any upstairs room, as the upstairs was the concentrated areas of the witch's physical attacks. So Doctor Mize. He began taking out strange pieces, instruments, out of his bag. But none of these worked as they were supposed to, by the way. And for three days and nights, Dr. Mice poked around the house and outhouses, seeing and hearing nothing. He assured the Bell family that this was really common for him as the spirits hid away after recognizing his strong aura. And that many times... His presence alone was enough for the ghost to leave forever. What? So he was bragging to the Bell family. They're like, hey, what the hell? No, no, nothing's praying. Like, nothing's praying. And he's like, this happens all the time. Sometimes when I just show up, they're just too scared. Sometimes me being here is enough for them just to just fuck off forever. Have you heard of
1: uh, the BDE? No, no.
2: Do you know of the word voodoo? <laughs> oh,
1: do you mean black magic? Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, PDE, big demon energy. Oh, uh-huh. no, well, I mean, he's not a demon. <laughs>
0: fuck. So no one. <laughs> See, if so the would have said that, try.
1: if Old Kate would have said that.
0: So no one in the community believed that this would have happened to Old Kate. So when he was talking about, yeah, usually me being here is enough for the Coast to fuck off, the community's like, I fucking doubt it. And they're like, yeah, not Old Kate. But they were hopeful that something was working. They're like, since it had almost never been absent for this long. And it had never shown fear of speaking with anyone. So this whole time, Dr. Myers was just walking in the house. He had these instruments. Like 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 one of these things was to prove where a ghost was. And it looked like a Trojan little horse. Okay, They looked like a little horse. And the thing was supposed to point when an aura would appear. So like right. if you can't see it, it'll point to it. But everyone in the room realized that it was just super thin. So any little wind would move it. So, when someone would move from one room to the other, it would move too. Yeah. So, like, it, so like it, it didn't work. But he had all these little things like that that wouldn't work. He had, like, incense that was supposed to, like, show the spirit of the shape or whatever. But, like, the incense would, like, the smoke would never blow. Like, it would, like, disappear after, like, three inches away from it. So, like, unless the ghost was, like, trying to put it yeah. out with his belly button, it wasn't going to work. But he was doing this in all the rooms, and he was trying to talk to it. He was basically doing, like, the old warriors thing. Like come out and play, come out, and people were like, "Wait, maybe something is working." Because uh, this is like the origin story of Buzzfeed Unsolved. Why?
2: Because they just go around when they're like, doing ghost hunting stuff. No,
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Okay, Old King's not scared of it, but maybe, maybe, maybe he's onto something." Because Old King's usually out here talking shit and slapping people around. <laughs> so on a second day at the Bell's home, he could be heard reciting incantations. And on the floorboards where he was on his knees reciting, powder marks were found on the floorboards. So like, all right, maybe he's all this voodoo thing, all, everything he's doing, you know, it could be working. Yes, 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 good, good. So the third day, Dr. Mize burned various mixtures in the house and recited passages of the, vi- of the Bible as he moved throughout the house. He found a shotgun which no longer worked and claimed that the witch had hexed it. He prayed, disassembled the gun, cleaned it, put it back together and claimed God's divinity, cleansed the gun as it started to work. The shotgun being good to go and the fact that old Kate still wasn't responding gave Dr. Mize the great confidence that he had succeeded in calling to the bell home. He's like, see? So he's walking around going like, yeah, see, I'm fucking doing this. I'm the fucking man. And his head's just like, I don't fucking believe it. It's just working. He's walking around with a shotgun, just cocking it. He's like, no one's fucking with me right now. Put some ld 40 on it. At night, that night, Dr. Mize would be told the most minute details of old Kate. So everyone's like, yeah, she would do this. She would talk like this. Blah, 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 blah. And in return, he would tell stories of similar events happening all throughout the world. He would point out that these quote-unquote creatures were not like ghosts. Old Kate and every other spirit in the stories told by the doctor involved them making bothersome noises like the choking noises. They also began outside of the house and eventually moved inside later. They all had the ability to move objects which they often threw with force. In one of his cases, the creature had the ability to speak. Most of the interesting detail of all, the most interesting detail of all was the very incident he knew of that involved a female who was no longer a child, but was not yet a fully mature woman like Betsy. In his opinion, the flow of blood that signaled a a female's ability to create new life contained enough energy to call up demons in a kind of supernatural birth. Hmm. So he was like this. When a girl's transitioning from when, when, a, when a woman's transitioning from a girl to a woman during those teenage years, her menstrual cycle, her blood, is enough to bring out demons. And at first you're like, okay, this is fucking stupid. But this is true. There is belief in many old religions, in Mesopotamia, in, ba- in so many religions, that a woman's menstrual blood had supernatural abilities tied to the spirit world. A lot of times, if you wanted to wish good luck to someone you would grab like the old, like the old mage, like menstrual blood, and we'll put it on the doll that signified your daughter. It's so like he, like there's, there's a lot of like menstrual blood magic out there, which I'm, we're, which, which we're gonna do an episode. What? We're gonna do an whole episode about pussy, pussy blood magic. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so Doctor Miser's so intelligent breakdown. It's the new hit song, bro. Pussy blood. So Doctor Pussy, Pussy Blood Pussy magic. Pussy. Pussy. So Dr. Mize, magic. So Doctor Myers Magic. So Doctor Myers's intelligent breakdown of how and why really made sense to Richard. And it made more sense than anything they in Red River had pieced together. And this instilled a new respect for the doctor and Richard. Richard's like, damn, this dude really is legit. He's talking. He's on point. He's on he's point. On point. Yeah. So he's like, dude, I respect. He found new respect for him. But that quickly went out the fucking window. I was going to say, oh, you need to get a house too. That quickly went out the fucking window. The right, very next day, on the fourth night, old Kate finally appeared. And it appeared right behind the doctor. And it screamed, boo, boo. Making the doctor jump out of his seat,
1: screaming. <laughs> Dr. Mice is it? And you claim to be a
2: Conjurer. Where are you? I am everywhere. Just as I am everything. And what are you? Are you really a Conjurer?
1: What business are my affairs to you? What am I? You are said to be a witch. And I, I overheard you telling many that you are an
2: exorcist of riches. Does that not make you my
1: affair? Uh, perhaps? But whose authority, authority to cast out demons. demons?
0: Now, who's that? So Dr. Mize wasn't aware of the old Kate's members. And she started out being... This creepy voice, and suddenly switched to being this female voice, and the doctor was like, "Uh, "Who's that?" And he turned around and looked and looked at Lucy, and Lucy had to remind him, like, "Yeah, this this thing is like more than one people, and you know, has different voices." Suppress fire! (laughs) I need backup.
2: (laughs) By whose authority?
1: By the ancient rituals passed down since the time of Solomon. I thought you were Solomon. I meant the great Hebrew
2: king. No demons can be cast out except by the name of Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, the Father.
1: I rely on the Lord and his Bible. I also have spells, incantations, and potions.
2: Do not bother with the Bible, you whore man. (laughs) Better man that you have tried that already. I could smell your incense and potions, and you have mixed them incorrectly, and left out many critical ingredients. You pleb.
0: <laughs> okay, many. So here's so here's another disclaimer. I learned from Josh's mistake, and I'm not gonna make Archie repeat the word like I did my brother. Yeah, we learned, bro. We learned. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> we learned.
1: Pussing. So throughout
0: many of the so throughout many of the interactions with the Bell Witch including this one sometimes she would mention the slaves of the bells just to patronize them and insult them often with slurs such as the n-word with the hard r so just randomly they were just talking and she'd just bring up the slaves and start calling them the n-word and just start doing a bunch of shit and this is because many of the slaves still had roots in their old religion and were able to keep the spirit at bay from their own potions And beliefs. Ah. So during this argument, the witch goes on like this. Huge Hulk Hogan-worthy rant on the slaves dropping the N-bomb like crazy. She's saying N-word this, N-word that, N-word this, N-word that. But for the sake of not being insensitive dickheads, we're going to substitute the N-word for homie. You got it, brother. I mean, homie. (laughs) Going
2: forward. If you were as smart as those working homies, you know the mix these properly. If you were as competent as a homie, doctor, you would know to mix up a potion and spray it in the air so that you could see my shape. But you turn and turn like
1: a homie getting ready to sleep. So you know both about demons and spells to get rid of them? Of course, you stupid dog.
2: You uncooked sausage. No way. <laughs> Have not hundreds better than you strived to move me where I chose to abide? Have I not heard the spells, all the spells, in the centuries of my life? Where in your mixtures are black bones and honey? Where are the fly pulp? The blind worm blood? Tobacco? Where is it? Your bell? Books? Candle? Why call me a witch if... You think I don't know all the charms. Why don't you get that blunderbuss and blow yourself apart, you rotting heap of donkey meat?
0: Then I'll give your fat bottom a ride on my foot, you noob. So she was just roasting him and he was, she was making him feel so fucking stupid. She was like, dude, like, she's like, yo, where, like, you, like, I just read it. She's like, where's the flip up? Where's the blind warm tobacco? Where where is it? You know, you can just go outside and and grab the tobacco, right? Where, Where are you nuts? The books? The bells? The candles? She's just making him feel like shit. And the whole time he's just like, oh, fuck. Looking around, everyone's looking at him like, yeah, bro, where are your books? Where are the candles? Where's everything? So old Kate, she went on and on and on and on and on and on without a pause for breath. For several minutes trashing the sky just The doctor was stunned and was as white as the bed linens that Kate loved to turn off the Bell family. Hell yeah. He ran out of the front door and refused to re-enter till everyone was gone including the Bell Witch. What <laughs> I won't go in till the witch is gone. So he's like, dude, come on, fuck that. Fuck that. He's like fuck that. I ain't going in and fuck that. So the next morning, doctor Mize woke up early and started packing. Ooh. He told John Bell that the witch knew more about witchcraft and exorcism than he, and then it was useless to keep trying. <laughs> He's like, "Yo, my, my man's like, she knows more than I do. This is, like, there's nothing I can do." And as soon as he got on his horse, one of Old Kate's voices appeared right beside the doctor.
2: Do you need help, O oh honorable doctor? Let me give your horse a slap and send her quickly on her way, and maybe. I'll come alone for the ride. Oh, do you need help, oh honorable doctor? Let me give your host a slap and send her quickly on her way, and maybe I'll come along for the ride.
0: So the witch slapped the horse on the ass, and the horse bolted, and the doctor struggled to hang on for dear life. Later that evening, old Kate hilariously told those present at the Bell home that it followed the doctor all the way to his house, berating him and slapping him around on the horse until he got home. A few days after this whole ordeal, people still kept coming to the Bell's home to assist in any way they could. And amongst these visitors was a man. He called himself Mr. Williams and claimed to be a detective. No one had ever heard of that word before but he assured them that it had recently been coined in France that it was rapidly becoming a popular profession. Mr. Williams told them that he had heard of the Bell's troubles all the way from Baltimore, Hmm. and he was very straightforward, and he made it known to them that he was going to help them, not out of the kindness of his heart, not because he felt bad for Betsy or the Bell family, but because surely solving this mystery would increase his reputation. Straight out, he's like, I'm only doing this because it'll make me look better. I'm not doing this to help you. I'm building up my resume. Mr. Williams was really cocky and full of himself, assuring that the group, that he was going to get to the bottom of this, as he was sure he could prove was not supernatural in nature. He would tell the Bell family about his detective stories, each one more marvelous than the last. And for the first time in a long time, the Bell family and everyone involved began to believe that the man to solve the mystery had finally arrived, and that is where we're going to end part two to our Bell
2: Witch series. Can't wait to see this guy getting slapped too.
0: Wasn't wasn't Frank like the best part of this whole fucking thing? Frank I just, was my guy. I can just picture like the whole the part that made me laugh the most. One was what was described that when they found him, Frank was still gripping the fucking sheets.
2: I told you so. wasn't give flexing. up. Someone I love Frank. Frank. I love
0: Miles. Frank. Shout out to Frank. Well, what was his quote?
1: If I can if it can hit me, I can hit it. <laughs> well, yeah. No, if
0: it hit, hit you, Betsy, yeah, yeah. If Vicky hit Betsy, I can hit it. <laughs> if it hit you, I can hit it. I love Frank. Frank's so Frank's amazing. But yeah, but that's part two. Shit's starting to get real. Hmm. The witch finally said, "I am old Kate's witch." We finally found out why it's there. Yeah, to kill John, John Bill. Jack Bell, <laughs> Jack to kill old John, old John the Jack Bell, and John is starting to feel it. He's starting to feel it, and, he, and there was a there was a point in the story where he's like, "Yo, this bitch really is gonna kill me, huh?" So he's letting yeah. all these people come in and out.
2: I love how she, how the witch is now becoming kind of like
0: an anti-hero right? Yeah, Well, Because she did it for a reason. She wants everyone to be like, "Yo." She ain't that bad. She's actually pretty funny. She helped out my son, my dumbass son Johnny, and he got stuck. She helped him out. She's doing all the. She's doing all this shit. She she helped out Betsy when she was out riding in the fucking weather. Sure. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yo, don't go out." They're like, "No, nah, we're gonna go out." He's like, "God damn it!" So he followed them. Oh, let's go back. No, don't go back. Stay here. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go back." She's like, "God damn it!" All right, just get on the horse and I'm. And she controlled the horses. Yeah. She made the horses go to where they found a little secret little spot where they could hide. Yeah. She ended up saving them. But yeah, that's Bell Witch part two. I hope you I hope you guys are enjoying this series. I've gotten a f I've gotten some feedback from a few people on online and like friends and family who have been listening. And they're all telling me when the fuck is part two gonna come out. Damn. I have a lot of people saying, like, yo, is this story for real? This this thing is fucking cool, lot. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys are liking it. Glad you guys are liking it more than the fucking of the Race series. <laughs> are you really glad? I mean, at least they're liking it. I'm putting in as much work. At least I'm getting something out of it.
2: And then shout out to the, the homie, from my job. Show, I talked to him about the podcast. Oh, the one who, oh, the one emailed you. And then he sent me an email. At first, if you're listening, at first I was freaking out. I'm like, who the fuck did I tell that's listening to my podcast from my job? Oh, because he emailed you to your and work email. To my work email. Your, ter- your teacher email. And I was like. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm listening to it. I'm hooked and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's cool. That's dope. Need more and more fan base.
0: Um, also, right now we're having issues with Google. Google, I'm going to try to find and see if I can resurrect Frank to go fight Google for me. Because mm. Google is fucking with us right now at this very moment. The show has been going on for two plus years. yeah, And Google has been telling us that we have not gotten one single download through Google Play. Google's like, I'm going to tell you the truth, bro. No one's listening to your crap. Bro, they they show we have old, we have hundreds of subscribers to the show. I I'm like, to how is episode. no one how is all these subscribers not listen? Who's going to subscribe and not listen? Like that's stupid, right? And we have so many everyone who we've talked to that I that I've talked to that I'm thinking in person, they all listen through Google Play, YouTube. Yep, I listen to it. YouTube, like we have so many people that listen to yeah. it. Through Google Play. And Google's telling us, like, yeah, there's no downloads. What are you want us to tell you? Tell us the fucking downloads, bro. Hey, we have fi- so many people listening hey, what, through what, the Android. What, what do you tell them usually? To fix your what? To fix your shit, bro. Just
2: tell Google, hey, fix Dear your Google,
0: shit. Dear Google, fix your shit. So, yeah, so Sincerely? for... So, I'm sending them emails back and forth, and they're just short answering. Them. They're like, yeah, sorry. There's nothing you can do. So, I, email, I keep emailing back and forth, and finally, they responded, and one of the emails... Was like, oh, thank you for making us aware of this error. We'll try and fix this shortly. I was like, all right, cool. And then the next day, they're like, yeah, sorry, there's nothing we can do. But it was from a different email, a different interaction. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? So because of this, because Google's not giving us the data that we need to know, whatever. If you guys aren't Android and you guys already, have, if you guys have Spotify, we've moved over to Spotify. We just said fuck Google, so you guys can go on Spotify right now. And find us and subscribe to the show. We'll be there. It'll uh, we'll be updated when iTunes, you know, when we upload the episodes. So if you guys have Spotify, you can go listen to it on Spotify if it's easier for you guys. Because I know some people for Google Play it doesn't upload correctly since so it takes a while. Like, I know some people have told me, like, hey, when's the new episode? I'm like, it came out last week. It's not on my phone. Like, Renee was having that problem for a while. I was having like that You were having that yeah. problem. So sometimes
2: like, we would have issues when I would be listening to the episode and it would just cut off
0: suddenly. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, yeah, you would have issues when like my brother he had, had an he he's, he had a, he'd have an Android phone, Archie would have an Android phone, Archie's would cut off, and my brother's on his phone would end perfectly. Yeah. So we 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 were having a lot of issues with Google. So if you guys are have these kind of problems, you guys could just switch over to Spotify and just be done with it, and just be done with it. We'll see. Um, hopefully Google lets us know because for two and a half years Google has not given us a single download. So how many th- tens of thousands of downloads have we not out. have yeah, we okay. missed out you know we we could probably be in the hundreds of thousands already true because the, m- the majority of the people that I know listen to us through Google Play yeah most of our friends unfortunately have androids
2: question if people listen to us on Spotify would that be added into the list of downloads from Podbean?
0: uh is Pod, a different thing? It's a, it's a different thing, but Spotify will give you your numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, for, for, for some reason, we'll talk after the show numbers. To, uh, the show. I don't think anyone wants to hear it. The but <laughs> well, maybe you, they do.
1: I, I, oh, I want to know. I'm oh, um, talking about numbers. Yeah. If you guys
0: want to keep seeing pictures and things of that nature, just go to our Instagram. Weird history. Weird History, e tells Pod. We're posting up videos and pictures of each episode. We're getting a lot more feedback. We're getting a lot of likes. We're getting a lot more... more people are adding us. So it's cool over there. You know, We're just uploading uploading stories, uploading pictures and videos of every topic. Like right now, these pictures that were up... If you want to see what the Belt Witch kind of looked like, the Green Hag, all of these different things, go on our Instagram. Weird History, e retells Pod. We'll upload pictures as frequently as I want to. And... Do us a favor,
2: fans. It'd be great, and I know some of us, a lot of us are doing that already. But just as c- continue spreading the word about our podcast, continue spreading the word about you know what we do, because a lot of people apparently like us, which is awesome.
1: A lot of people don't like us too. Uh, yeah, uh, but to think about it, like we didn't promote our our podcast when we first started. There's no besides.
2: It was all word of mouth. Yeah. yeah it's
1: all, this is, literally, it's been all word of mouth. Yeah. Like, like we did no type of promotions yeah. on. We got no advertising. Yeah, no ads, no. Nothing.
2: nothing. We tried reaching out to Full Throttle. They just gave us a middle finger.
1: And they blocked us. And they blocked us. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, nós and, nós like, they blocked us. They blocked us. Like, shut up. Nas, too? Fuck.
2: We got slapped by all of them.
1: No, we got, we got, bell got plopped. Witch to what?
0: We got plopped.
1: Yeah, so oh, we got plopped. So
0: thanks to every listener who's been talking about us. Mm -hmm. We, sometimes we see, for whatever reason, sometimes Instagram doesn't notify me when you guys tag us in your stories until it's like a month later where it's like, oh, this person is tagging the story. You go back, but the story's gone. So you don't see what, so hopefully they're nice things. Oh, really? Hopefully, hopefully they're nice things. And they're not like, look at these fucking assholes. Trash ass. Please avoid this podcast. can't pronounce motherfucking shit. Yeah. But thank you guys. And if you guys can, please, please rate and review us. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That helps the show grow. Yeah. Almost. But not nearly as much as the word of mouth that you guys have been doing, because literally, we 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 can't promote the show outside of Instagram. Yeah, right. Like yeah. like how else are we? I mean, we get on. I mean, we do in Twitter and like Facebook and stuff. But I don't. I haven't used Facebook since like 2011. I don't know how to use it. And I don't know how to tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> yeah, I on Instagram. <laughs> Weird history. It Tells pod. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. We have one more. Si- we have one more part. To end the saga of the Bell Witch, to, to know exactly what the fuck is going on.
2: So hope y'all are excited as we are.
0: I'm hoping Frank Frank makes another appearance because I'm I'm rooting Frank. I'm rooting for Frank. Uh, I'm do having do a bad do do
1: feeling do. Frank is gonna die. Do do do
0: do. So if you guys don't have anything else to add, no. we are the Weird History. Here it's tell Pod. Bye
2: bye, Sugar
0: Mouth.